I see a thing that's rated. Heard about a thing that's rated. Person, place, a thing will rank anything from sea to shining sea. That thing is overrated, underrated, overrated, underrated, overrated, underrated, rated fairly. so In the office, people like Jim because of his calm demeanor. Michael grilled his foot, but I heard Tim grilled his wiener. Welcome into another episode of the overrated. Underrated. R-rated <laughs> fairly. The podcast. <laughs> I, I didn't really hear that, Tim. That was just a, a joke. Who'd you hear that from? <laughs> I think it was Broccoli Rob. I legally have to tell you, I did not grill my wiener. <laughs> Uh, well, folks, we are going to be talking about The Office today. It's a long overdue subject for the cast. We've brought it up on many different occasions. We quote it frequently. Um, but today we're going to focus entirely on The Office. Um, I, I know it's something that we all three here are big fans of. Is that, is that correct in assuming so? Bob, that is that is extremely correct. It is my, I have nothing else. Like you, It's my background show. Yeah. It's the late night, need something on. <laughs> Need a good laugh after a long day. It's guaranteed to always put a smile on my face. It's a comfort show. Yet, it transcends the background and comes to the foreground often because you find yourself lost in it. Let, that, me, let me ask you this. If you go over someone's house and the office is on in the background, are you happy? Oh, absolutely. I'm not visiting them anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching The Office oh, instead. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the <laughs> point, right? Well, it's you could have it on as background, or you could just be turn it on for a good watch. That's what makes it so great. Yes, yes. You know, it's something to lean on when times are tough, too. It's a predictable show with uh, with a lot of the same characters, and just you can really relate to it. It's a comfort show. Yeah, like a comfort food. It yes. is the mac and cheese of sitcoms. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite a sitcom, though, right? Not sure what you would call it. I, uh, mocu- it's a it's a sitcom, technically. mockumentary, mockumentary sitcom type thing. But I, I think it is uh, one of the uh, really standard ones and the best probably there's been. But before we do that, you know, I, I talked to Uncle John earlier, and uh, to no surprise, he has no drinks. His cooler went down, and Typical. he's out of drinks. So I was able to coordinate and tie it in a little bit with um, with some facts. Now, um. Well, what? Office, well, hang on, just <laughs> stay with me for a minute here. When The Office was picking up and Steve Carell was rising to popularity, he was in a movie called The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, great, And, great and, and it's become the light soon. That, yeah, a lot of classic <laughs> moments. That um, that uh, Jenna Fisher, Pam, also had a cameo as a background Jay Fish, as they call her. The fish, yeah, the fish. Yeah. Um, so in honor of The 40-Year-Old Virgin... <laughs> Bob, put your clothes back on. We're all going to drink a 40-ounce. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, man. Here you are. You've done a very, very good thing. Here you are. As I put this cap back on, my Coors Light, which Bob warned me about. I did tell you we were going to need some stamina for this Oof. cast. Tim, what are you holding in your hand right now that's nice and cold and and just looks so golden? This is some premium... Uh, I believe it's malt liquor, correct? Yes, 40 uh, ounces of it. Holy bananas. This is a Colt 45, <sighs> folks. Uh, like the pistol. Yes, I, I, I'm so excited to share this with you guys. Have you ever had a Colt 45 before? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I have. Yep. Uh, this used to be my favorite 40 uh, back in the college days. I, I haven't had one probably in a, 
Is there... probably been close oh, to 10 yeah. years. That smell brings back <laughs> so many memories. I always thought it smelled pretty dank, like, it's, it's skunky. like weed. This smells like the oh, Bud yeah. Light that I forgot about in the back of my car Jeez. all summer long. <laughs> and the dime bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm having real trouble opening this. Yeah, it was a little tough, but uh, it's delightful. Bob, I gotta ask you, how much does a Colt forty five go for in these I just uh, know trying the three times? Three of these were under ten dollars. <laughs> wow, forty five cents. So let's each. see if we say about nine bucks. So about three. Let's say they're about three fifty a piece. This is a mighty beverage for three fifty. Yeah, that'll. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it'll get you where you need to go. <laughs> it, it will. <laughs> oh, it'll get you where you need to go. <laughs> So many things come flooding back to the 40-year-old virgin in the office. Oh, yeah. It's Uncle John's cooler going down. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cold for a broken cooler, I'll say that. Well, these weren't from the uncle. I had to stop and get these because of his faulty Oh, okay. His faulty gear. See, I didn't follow the, the fake story I'm there. I'm working <laughs> on it now, gentlemen. I'm working on it. Thanks, Uncle John. Yeah, all right, Uncle John. We'll be there we'll soon. Be, we'll be see you in a little bit. <laughs> we'll be home soon. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be there soon. Uh, if you, when you come, bring me a ranch. <laughs> Ooh, ranch dressing? I think he said a wrench. It's his accent. Oh, okay. <laughs> ranch dressing underrated, though. Uh, fairly rated. Uh, yeah, fairly rated. Mm, yeah, very fairly rated. Uh, pristinely fairly rated. Homemade ranch dressing. Underrated. Yeah. Like, if a restaurant has, like, a, uh, you know, homemade, like, it's like a garlicky almost mixture mm. in there. Ooh. Jay oh. Timothy's doesn't do their own. No, they do. No, you're okay. thinking of chicken wings. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, yeah, that but, must be it. I mean, for Jay I, Timothy's, it's the blue cheese that you yeah, got to go do a for. Good yeah, blue their blue cheese is phenomenal. Yes. <laughs> Jay Tim's, not a sponsor, but could be. Oh, if they were a sponsor, man, I'd be like 40 pounds heavier. Now, now much like this opening had nothing to do with <laughs> the, the, the topic of the cast, a lot of times, the openings of The Office, the cold opens, have nothing to do with the episode. Very true. Which which is part of the charm of the show. So I had asked you guys, and this is no light task. I think one of you had actually asked me this months ago. I just taken your idea and stole it. I want your top three cold opens from The Office, and tell me a little bit about why. Uh, Josh, why don't you kick us off there if you're ready? So, um... Give Tim a little time to stew in his Colt 45. <laughs> is there a prize for whoever finished this first? No, but there is a prize for a game later. Oh, stamina. All right. I got to be real. Um, <laughs> Tim and I had sent our answers in, and I have to you know, tip my cap to Tim here because he does have three phenomenal picks. Um, I did do three different ones, uh, one of which is my favorite of all time. Hey, three phenomenal picks. Two phenomenal friends that I'm with right now. There it is. Wow. He, he's already feeling the cold. He's getting all emotional here. We're all about friendship here. <laughs> is, that, is that bottle empty? Uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, my Very favorite nice cold open of all time is uh, Casual Friday. Uh, this is the infamous Kevin's Chili scene. If ever I have a bad day, and I think I've said this on this podcast. Easy pick. I watch, I watch that scene, and it just absolutely slays me every time. So much so that Bob even gifted me this. Actually, I think I paid for it, like a dollar. <laughs> you Venmoed me. Um, this sticker that is on my work computer now. So I, I get to see this even at my workplace. I love it. Did you just say slays me? 
slays me. Isn't that what the kids are saying these days? Is Josh is Josh trying to be hip right now? It's the lingo for me. That's what they always say. It's <laughs> I'm the hot because I'm fly. Me. You ain't because you're not. <laughs> Who's in a what? Now? Is that, is that Nelly? <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh. Um, I also enjoy the uh, the nepotism episode. Uh, it's where they they lip sync the uh, nobody but me. So that's a bizarre one, Josh. It's a bit bizarre. It's an but interesting pick, Josh. However, I think if you were to look at that open and see what every single person's kind of like doing in the background, like when Michael shows up and starts doing magic. Um, okay, yeah, like that to me is his character in a nutshell. I think it's very amusing. I'm having a little bit of trouble remembering this. Can you describe it to me? The song's like, no, 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 no. Oh, the one where they're lip syncing? Yeah, so that's that's my least favorite open of all time. Why do you hate it? I hate it so very much. I that is that might be the worst open of oh, the whole series. The there are some redeeming things about it. Okay. Though. When the camera is following Pam, she's going backwards trying to look all like uh bouncy and like happy. It's so fake. If you look at her face, there's a dead look in her eyes, Josh. She's smiling, but she's dead inside that she had to do that but there opening. There are redeeming parts, though. At nope. the end, where Toby's like, well, it was better than the first. <laughs> that is funny. But it's, in itself, there's a lot of small, funny moments that together, I think, make a pretty solid cold open. You know what I say to that open? No, 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 okay, no. Can you at least admit that that is a classic Josh a cold open? I just can't believe anyone would ever pick that in their top That's three a cold opens. If I've ever heard it. I'll show you a boobaloo. <laughs> you saved that for the boobaloo cast. Um, Ooh, yes. And just uh, to get this one out, it, the, there's one where Stanley comes in the office and they realize that Stanley like just doesn't notice anything. He's so in his routine, uh, often set in his ways, and like Andy's sitting there in just a tie and stuff like that, and. I just think that that is such. It a, just like zooms in on like every character, right? Like, and they're they're all just doing some ridiculous uh, activity. I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> I think it's just in itself it sets up Stanley to be like this awesome character. Well, Stanley is an underrated character in general. Did you hear that he came to Connecticut a few weeks ago? Yeah, no, no, no? I, I would have been there if I had heard. He threw out a pitch at the Yard Goats game. Ah, yeah, and then he ah! <laughs> he went to some trivia, office trivia related thing, and uh, yeah, he was there. It was pretty. You cool. know what that is? That's Dang. a wasted opportunity. Is what that, it is. That is a shame that we didn't Jeez. know about that. Can you? Okay, you've seen the way that Stanley plays basketball, <clears throat> yes. right? Can you imagine how he threw out that pitch? Did he do it as that? I can't imagine he did it, but we need to find footage of this. I'll find it. <laughs> oh well, those are some good picks, Tim. What do you got there? All right. Well, my first one is uh, is another very famous one, like the chili one. It's the uh, the fire drill episode where Ugh. where Dwight goes around and uh, plants traps for all the employees and basically locks them all in while he starts a fire. All and in the name of safety. All, my fa- my favorite line in that is is when he he's going to start the fire he for no reason lights a cigarette and then flicks it in and says this day smoking's gonna save lives <laughs> it's a, good a phenomenal scene <laughs> it's gotta be a top uh it's gotta be a top scene for sure yeah uh my second one is the uh the mike burning his foot because the first, injury at first he tries to be all secretive and like pam is like Michael, are you all right? Like it sets up to be like a weird situation, right? 
And then he just ends up like asking for Ryan to come pick him up because he grilled his foot. <laughs> I think that that has the quote we always use to where he's like, I put a slab of bacon on there. I go back to sleep. I wake up to the smell of burning bacon. It is delicious. It is healthy. It, it is, is good, good for, for me. me. Yes, we do use that quite a bit. Um, it, that's a good open. Oh, I I enjoy it every time. Um, and then my last one is Creed as the manager. This is after um, Michael has left. D'Angelo uh, broke his face and went into a coma. Uh, but it's just a bunch of craziness that goes on like i would say there's more craziness in this cold open than any other cold open because it's just creed as the focal character <laughs> that is a good one i i love when he's putting on the board he's like bow body bow body i love it <laughs> what's the first b business i love it <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one so you no repeats yet no and you know what i love about this is that we've all picked something that's it's a great cold open, but the Bears beats Battlestar Galactica one is just so over overdone, appreciated, overrated. It's it is overrated. It's a great it opener, is. but there are better ones. For instance, I'll give you my three. My all time favorite is the Doomsday episode. Um, not the episode itself, but the cold open is when Andy makes a habit of singing closing time. That is at a good the one. end of the day, and Pam can't figure out the damn words, and nobody's really into it, and Andy's getting a little upset that no one's buying into this and then stanley comes out with an uncharacteristic smile on his face singing every word of it and in good key yeah in pretty good key and then he explains that he doesn't really care about the song he just likes that it means it's time to go home i I love that that's my favorite cold open followed closely by body language which is which is a hysterical episode where michael comes in thinking he's a little bit better than everybody because he he knows a little bit of Spanish. And there's this scene where Jim asks him how he's doing in Spanish and says a couple things, and Michael doesn't know what it means, so he just goes, (laughs) 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 But right before it goes to the opener, like uh, Oscar's trying to like get him to do like the the um the gender endings to words and angela comes in he's like ah angelo it's it's a great great scene and then my my final one is opening to cocktails where michael comes in in a um straight jacket oh and and he convinces the the office that he's going to get out of this and they he, he reiterates that they should not help him at all and he loses the key that he inevitably has in his mouth and he can't get out of it. It's and, like poking out of his lip. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's a great scene too. So those are my three favorite. Um be curious to hear from the listeners who are fans what they uh what they think, but no repeats. That's pretty cool. Gotta those love are it. all those are all good ones. Well no one would choose what Josh chose first. That's part um, of the fun with no repeats. <laughs> choose the unsuspecting ones. <laughs> Josh, I'm sorry if I've given you crap, but it was a terrible pick. It was I don't a, know, man. it was a wild card at best. You gotta say it's rated fairly. I hated it. So That's... give me a give me a quick before we go into see the Uncle John. Give me a quick underrated character of the office. Ooh. All right, I'll take this one. It's Toby. Toby yeah. is very underrated. He's the punching bag for Michael, and he he handles it in the most graceful way possible mm. every single time. Yeah. And he handles it in funny ways most of the time as well. So excellent pick. Josh? It's tough. My 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 thought originally went to Oscar, um, hmm. just because I think he's a 
He has some genuinely funny moments. I think Oscar might be the most fairly rated. I was going to say that, really? yeah. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Like, he has his lines, he has his stuff, but, you know. Yeah, he's... but I think that he can truly. He's okay, pretty dynamic. Maybe, maybe I agree with you a little bit there. Pick another one. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of characters, Josh. Well, and that's the thing, right? Because <laughs> I'm trying to think about a character that might not get his due, but when he's there, it's phenomenal and i'll give you a minute to think yeah Uh, just give me a second it's got to be meredith (laughs) because here's the thing nobody ever thinks about meredith but that show would not be as good as as it is without meredith she doesn't have a main episode other than maybe the lice episode she has no main parts but she needs to be in most episodes and she i saw this thing online the other day so i can't take credit for this next thought but i saw this thing where it was like just she's never caused an issue. She like if you think about all the good things Meredith has done in the office, she's not a problem. That's though. fair. I she's mean, a very honest character. She's very genuine. Ca- she drives other characters would, to work. Yeah, I would almost say she's kind of in the same vein as Oscar, though. Like very fairly rated. I, I like, would disagree. She's she's one of. She, let me let me tell you, she's one of the background characters in a lot of scenes, which makes the scene. You know, like she she's not a focal point, like you said. But, like, as a background character, she adds to the scene, which I guess you could go underrated for that fact. But I feel like that makes it a fairly rated character. Well, hear me out, though. Like, Kevin's also a background character. But people love Kevin. People love Kevin to the point where he's so fairly rated, yeah. it borderlines overrated. Meredith doesn't get that. Now, here's something I want your opinion, because this is where my mind went. Phyllis. I personally think that Phyllis is an underrated character. I agree. Be- I, would, I would agree with that. First of all... I can't look at popcorn without thinking popcorn <laughs> like to save my life. And it's been years now. Um, but I also think that she does have these focal point episodes. I think about when they're doing Cafe Disco, right? And she oh. goes down to dance with Michael. And then she pops something in her back. And like <laughs> they have to like... The, blur- the move that she pulls <laughs> when she pops her back is amazing. <laughs> so I think she's unassuming to the point where... You look at it and you go, oh, it's just Phyllis. And then she does something that is over the top. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like the evil Phyllis moments where she'll say like something really like cutting about like, Bob's not going to like that. But the evil Phyllis where she goes after Angela, that's, Very that's nice. great. Speaking of cold opens, we didn't mention that one where they try to get her to say like all those catchphrases, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, she didn't say the one about wanting to go home and read a good book, and then it like cuts to Phyllis, and she's like, everybody's just been real good today. Normally, I'd want to go home and read a good book, but I okay. think I think of the That's cold open with her one. where it's uh, Michael trying to think of what he's doing in the uh, the wet cement outside. And she, he, she's like, oh, there was this one time, and, and she like, like gasps, like, give it to me, give it to me. And like she just can't think of it. She like gasps, like huh? she like cackles to herself. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. I think that's I would good. say I would agree. Underrated, Josh. Right. You got a, um, a anybody got a quick overrated before we move on to the snack show? Todd Packer. Yeah. No. 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 I can't. Okay. I think he's Kevin's a right. terrible he person, a but like. He, I don't know, man. He honestly, like, when he comes on the screen, I do laugh. And you know I what? He, he actually has a bigger part than you realize. He's technically Michael's subconscious. He, he is. he's everything Michael wants to be. This character is so necessary. Because as we, <laughs> as, think about it. Packer sticks around 
throughout all these seasons where we kind of teeter in and out of liking Michael. He can be really genuine, but most of the time he's an idiot. Mm. And every time he's at his worst is when Packer's around. But as he starts to (laughs) grow up and fall in love, we start to see the image and the view of Packer change. And then he fizzles out of the show entirely. Hmm. Uh, brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> so it's very, very metaphoric for, for wow. who Michael is and for his growth in the show. Bob, I'm going to say that was your best analysis that you <laughs> like top five easy. Well, well, I thank you for that. <laughs> wow. I also like when it calls Jim a queer. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Jim Halpert? Still a queer? <laughs> He, he is wildly inappropriate, but his jokes are... When he shits in Michael's office is probably one of the... And then Michael like, gets all excited. like, it was done out of love. As I expected. So I, I, I couldn't, don't think he can overrate the pack. Yeah, I, I think at least fair. I, I would overrate... Um, I don't know. You got somebody... Tim, I got to think on this for a minute. Uh, I mean, I think... Uh, what about Dwight? No, no, no. very nice. I, 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 I think the Pam and Jim thing is a little overrated, but let's be honest here. What, no matter what you think of them, them two and Dwight, along with Michael, really steer the show. So you can't really say they're overrated. That's the focal point of the show. <laughs> give me, give me Kelly Kapoor. A you think little overrated. overrated. A okay. little. I like her a lot, but she is overrated in the sense where, like, she's really. She's really good at being annoying. Okay, that's fair. right. Yeah. Good actress, overrated character. And there are parts where it could probably be dialed back from from. I, I could see where you're coming from with that. Mm. I just it's got to be for me Charles Minor, and I've told you this before oh, because every you char- hate him. I, I do because every character in the office has some form of redemption, no matter how bad they are. Right. Like, think about it. D'Angelo Vickers, awful. There are a couple small redeeming moments. The juggling. Gabe, <laughs> awful character. A couple small redeeming moments. I disagree with that. I love has Gabe. No redeeming moments. <laughs> Gabe might be another underrated character. He's not. I he's think. Not. I agree with Josh. No, on this. he's not. He's an unnecessary character. I don't. I think he's just such a. Stop talking about the sun. Stop <laughs> talking about the sun. <laughs> he he's the antithesis of what Packer is to Michael. Gabe is Andy's mental stability failing and he only serves a purpose of showing you no. Andy's no, 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 deterioration. No. He is an- no, Andy's no. anti-hero. He's That's not a Okay, anti-hero. I kind of agree with that because I think the office does well with building characters in such a way that they they kind of hit on notes of nostalgia for people that you have met in a working industry. I once had a manager that was very, very much like Gabe. Like, super, that much. And it always bugged me how this guy was kind of, for lack of a better term, a pansy, and yet indecisive <laughs> and everything. And yet, here he is, my superior, right? The guy can't make a decision to save his life. And now I look at Gabe and I say to myself, okay, he serves a comedic role, but he's not necessarily... You're right, though. He is that typical boss who when everybody's around doing their thing, he likes to push his weight around. And as soon as his superior comes in, he's like... He he resorts to a child. Exactly. And I think that's why he's underrated. And I agree with your point because when Andy's there, Andy's also in charge. And yet he has to sort of... Share that role with right. Gabe, and I, I like the way that Gabe like 
in some scenes like tries to put his foot down and like it never works it never works yeah <laughs> and Do you um, like when he makes kevin cry because he asks him about lady gaga <laughs> dancers <laughs> very good very good uh josh out of curiosity that manager was it by any chance someone from panera oh yeah oh yeah was it by any chance someone who was found in the office at panera oh. doing something bad okay by, by your brother-in-law <laughs> <laughs> very Ooh. good and, uh, yeah wow <laughs> Got transferred down to work in Tallahassee three times a week. I can see it. My mind immediately went to that manager. I was like, he even looks like it. It reminds me of a couple of people that I've known from past jobs, too, um, who behave that way, who are very tough until their superior comes in, and then suddenly they're really great with their staff, and everybody loves them, and we're all looking at them like, no, Mm. no one here has any respect for you. Bob, I don't need you insulting my management style, okay? Well, I I apologize. (laughs) Kidding, of course. I'm a, I'm an okay manager. <laughs> well, that was a good, that was a good run through, guys. Um, yeah, I like great. that. Uh, we got a lot coming up here, so uh, we're gonna do a drop. Uh, how's everybody doing on that forty right now? I'm winning. I'm gonna race Tim. Well, no, well, be careful now. Oh, jeez, look at this. Look at this. It's a turkey leg all over again in liquid form. Oh, <laughs> uh, he won't. Folks, jo- Josh, imagine just... if he just chugged the entire thing just then. That would have been no, no, no. epic. It was an impressive chug, but that's the thing about forties. It looks like he did nothing. he chugged he chugged so much it was like an episode of dragon ball z where they spend four episodes prior building up this one energy shot and then afterwards the villain just flings it away did you drink it too quick josh you get a little brain freezer (laughs) it's not that cold save it for the dragon ball cast (laughs) all right well i i see the good uncle he's he's looking over here he still wants us to bring him that wrench so why don't we uh why don't we go see what he's up to? I got some ranch for you. Yummy, 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 I don't got the tools, manpower, or time for we, this. We brought you ranch dressing. Well, I'm going to shove that ranch dressing right up hey, there. Hey, oh, hey, family wait. show. Yes, this is Uncle a John, show. are you telling us that you cannot cater the, ta- the, the snack shack today? I'm telling you to get out of here. Oh, boy. I, I got to call uh, maintenance, security, get you out of here because you haven't paid your tab yet. Ah, crap. Guys, I got to go. I'm part of the security team. <laughs> it seems like he's calling it on you. Have you still not paid the tab? Uh, the turkey leg? You think that was cheap? Listen, I... I had to kill a thing with a bow staff. <laughs> uh, Uncle Uncle John has gone crazy. But... And the other one I beat to death with my sneaker. <laughs> what? <laughs> His sneaker? His, I think he killed that turkey with a sneaker. With a toilet snake? Are those New Balance? <laughs> hey, don't Sorry, you knock don't you knock New Balance. New Balance is underrated. I won't, but I, I think that it's safe to say we are not going to get much out of Uncle John today. So I I figured this was going to happen, so I prepared a little something. Uncle John, we'll see it. Please let us know how the truck I, goes. I don't know what the problem I mailed a check in the mail. I yet. don't think. I, I think he's just having trouble fixing he, the truck. He, so. he should have the check by Uncle now. John, that's a flat tire, too. No, that ain't a flat tire. That's just SBD. What does that even mean? Sound but deadly. Oh, yeah. Oh, le- let's, let's just look. He's leaking. Work. What do you mean? <laughs> he's ripping some ass. Oh, oh I, I've been there. Tonight, I feel sick. Well, anyways, sorry, Uncle John. We'll see you next time. But, folks, before we get into the meal I prepared here, tell me, you know, 
we don't think of food necessarily when we think of The Office, but I was running it through my mind when planning out this episode, and there are actually a lot of iconic Office episodes and moments that do center around food. Dinner yeah. so, party. Yeah, well, give me give me a few. Uh, yes, but give me a few like specific foods or drinks you notice in the office. Ah, uh, there's definitely some uh, margaritas at the uh, yes. the uh, Dundies at, at yes. Chili's at Chili's specifically. Yeah, and you're they're probably having them down at Poor Richards too. Poor Richards, Poor Richards is another is great. One. That's where um, that's where you got this cold forty five. These cold forty fives are straight from Poor Richards. <laughs> you got a uh, pizza by Alfredo. Pizza and Alfredo's by Alfredo. Pizza. Yes. <laughs> You want pizza by Al- or Oscar? Talk Alfredo. to him. <laughs> so pizza's big in it, of course. The chili, yeah. You've got M and M's with Kevin. M and M's with Kevin's a big one. It's grape how soda. O- <laughs> how overrated? And I can't believe we didn't talk about that. Is this going to be a segment um, about uh, the the big Jim? How overrated he is, or no? Well, let's do that at the end. We'll come big back Jim to Moore? that because okay. No, no, I know you want to talk about this, so we will at the end. Because the last okay. segment's a character segment, so we'll talk gotcha, about that. Gotcha, But, uh, but I, I do see where you're going. I but didn't want to delve in. If no, no, no. Playing. But we All got right. the tuna, the tuna sandwich. We got, of course, pretzel day. Um, <laughs> big tuna. Big tuna. You we have, have uh, what was it? The Finer Things Club. With, the uh, Finer Things Club. Yep. <laughs> and we got the ice cream sandwich when he promises the big surprise. <laughs> that was a great app. <laughs> we... We tuna, have when he, tuna, tuna. when he dines too much on the Chinese food. He dines. He dines so much. We have there's so there's so many. Uh, and when uh, Oscar returns and they turn the lemonade into the lemonade with the little with uh, the like Enya or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I almost brought some of that, but I figured we'd be very busy with the Colt 45s. We, uh, we're doing a good job on them, though, to yeah, be honest. You know, and not to be forgotten, the hot dog eating competition for the uh, oh pretzel day. pretzel day, pretzel day, yeah. So what I did, I'm glad you guys brought all these things up because what what I did today was I I took I was gonna have you guys do a hot dog eating contest, but I didn't think that'd be okay to do with a forty in hand. So first of all, how dare you? So I, I did <laughs> something a little would've. different. I I try to think of the most iconic foods from the office, and you Who, guys hold on. Who would win in a hot dog eating fight? Uh, fight contest. Well, me or Josh? Well, because there's a prize at stake, I'm gonna say it, it would be Josh. He he would refuse to lose. And I you agree. Would, with and that. you would know that your stomach would not be able to take those hot dogs. No amount of emodium in the world could save you. You well, might you might try to push yourself. See, Josh, that wouldn't be a situation where I would take emodium. I would let it flow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no fool. How many? Well, you know what? I'm I'm glad you guys are into this because this will come come back at another episode. We'll do a hot dog eating contest. That would be awesome, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. Just with not that. with 40s, but maybe all of us could. But you know, Bob, the, I'll be in. You throw your hat in the ring, uh, and you have a nice hat tonight, by the way. I, I'm surprised we haven't met. Tim tried to buy it. I did not try to buy it. This is the hat that Dwight wears when he's playing the volleyball game. <laughs> it is. It is, yes. yeah, very yeah. nice. A very nice app. Thank you. So I, I took uh, some of the iconic foods from iconic <laughs> Office episodes, and I put them into one of the most iconic foods. And just give me a moment here. The most iconic foods of all time, or just from the here office? Here is Bob's pretzel, pretzel Day Pretzel with the works. Oh, my <laughs> oh God. <no. laughs> there, this doesn't. It looks like Bob's bogey, but. Oh no! Here's Bob's this is uh, this work. is this is Bob's snack after every day at work. Is this chili? So I don't. So what we have here, folks? Are we recreating <laughs> Elf right now, folks? This is a pretzel day pretzel with the works. We have a soft pretzel with Kevin's famous chili, the hot dogs from the hot dog eating contest, and then a sprinkle of Kevin's M and M's from oh. his desk. Why don't you go ahead and dig in on this? I'm special... actually pretty excited. 
Dude, <laughs> what is this? It's a pretzel day special. This has nothing to do with pretzels, except the pretzel, of course. Hmm. My goodness. There's a symphony of flavors going on. But, Josh, we got them all. <laughs> yep, you did. I don't know if they play all that well with each other. I will say there's a lot of there's a lot of foods fighting in my mouth right now. That's for sure. If it was a uh, chili and a soft pretzel, that's great. I have to say the first bite I get, I get salty, and I'm saved by the M M&M. and M. And then I'm questioned as if I wanted to be saved by the M M&M. and M. But I was regardless. Hands down, my favorite part about all of this is. The M&M's, when they are exposed <laughs> to the chili, start to bleed the food dye. I, I don't like this. <laughs> so some of my weenies over here are getting green. I don't like this at all. <laughs> I'm actually, He's not even talking about a soft pretzel. I'm actually going to give this a... This could be worse. It's a rated fair. I'm, I'm loving this. Okay. It would be great if the M&M's were not involved, okay? Because <laughs> mm. I'm having a real tough... Ugh, I'm having a real tough time with this. What about the Kevin's Famous Chili, a.k.a. Hormel? Uh, Bob, can you just give the ingredients? I don't know if we did the ingredients of sure. this, right? So, it's a soft pretzel with salt, Kevin's Famous Chili, Hormel, um, M&M's from Kevin's Desk, and then we got some um, Cayenne Natural Casing Hot Dogs from the Hot Dog Eating Contest. Well, Cayenne was a great choice. Thank Love you. the Cayenne. Try their bacon. It's phenomenal. Mm. Oh, I have, and I love it. Uh, this would have been excellent if it weren't for the M&M's. This is going to be a fairly rated. Um, It's going to give me a stomachache. I know that. Tim, but it's an office special. <laughs> it's a very the- abstract <laughs> idea of an office special. From the makers of Bob's Bogey. <laughs> <laughs> Like honestly, if the M Ms, if the M Ms were not involved, this would have been a great dinner. All right. Well, I did think there would be a little contention here, so I also brought you just a regular soft pretzel. Oh, no, thank you. Thank God. <laughs> as as we stare at Josh and Bob's empty plates, <laughs> I I found that <laughs> concoction uh, to be delicious myself. Oh, it's just so salty. It's almost in a he, weird, he, he needs the sweet of the M and M's on there. It, it's something that you'd never admit that you'd want, but I kind of am searching for it, right? So, well, here's the thing with soft pretzels, okay? You need you need yourself a dipping sauce, right? Like like a mustard, possibly, or a like Kevin's that. famous chili. I would dip it in that for sure. Just you not can. Kevin's chili with M and M's. But honestly, soft pretzels, in my opinion, are we rating these right now? Whatever you want to do. So I'm going to rate this. I just wanted to present a special office tribute meal I created. This is a very interesting snack I'd like the the listeners to recreate it at home. (laughs) Maybe. Um, So as far as soft pretzels go, they are a supremely underrated food. And I will always say this. Uh, <laughs> oh, we should have taken a picture of this before we got started. <laughs> There's plenty on mine. <laughs> um, so, 
So if my, you think they're underrated, do you think St- Stanley's love for Pretzel Day is justified? Hmm. That's a good question. Stanley? No. No. His love for Pretzel Day is overrated. Okay. He turns into a bit, children cover your ears, of an asshole during that scene. And that is not, and don't get me wrong, Stanley is bitter in the office, but he's not an asshole, right? I don't know if you are right about that. He kind of is an asshole. But he's, no, you're confusing bitter with asshole. He hates his job. Always has. But like, when he, when he like, Teams up with Michael with the lion thing that turns into the a hole type business. I, I kind of think that's one of his charming moments. I got to be honest, it's a very relatable moment. So I've been there too, but I'm an asshole. <laughs> Here's the thing: you're not, Bob. I know you can probably relate to this uh, because we're both teachers, and I'm sure there's food. And sometimes I feel yes. like. And Tim, I'm sure. Again, the, I'm gonna jump in here with my uh, <laughs> my job as well. <laughs> well. Well, and I guess the the point I'm trying to make, like we we have like food on Fridays, which, which people bring in and stuff. Ooh, like food that. Fridays. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then it. I think See, we don't, but I know what you're getting at. There are special food days. The point is, when I know there's food down there, yes, I know how it goes. Yeah, I know if I don't get there soon enough, I'm gonna be picking up scraps. Yes, so I want to get. We have there. baseball day every spring where. Um, excuse me. One of our, one of our coworkers makes a ton of hot dogs, and everybody brings in a side. And I go down not only at lunch to get my hot dogs, but I sneak in during my plan time right away to get an early taste test of everything. So I get it. Like baseball day right. for me is like that. Where like I'm not like I'm not the biggest fan of hot dogs, but something about the novelty of that day for me. It's just a break in the routine, and I get so excited for baseball. Absolutely. I overeat, I get sick, and I just I do it every year. I think that has to do with the arbitrary nature of the job, right? Sure. It's just something interesting during the day, and I get it. And that. I love my job. I'm not like Stanley. I don't dislike my job, but it, there's something to be said about that day that breaks up the monotony of schedule, and you just you know it's going to be enjoyable. Right. I Our... Uh, staff room i could agree to that point for the record oh right you you understand the break and routine it's great i mean i i just remember there was this memorable moment from this past year where our staff room is right next to the art room and there's a couple desks where you can very vividly see everybody who's going in and out so every friday i'd go down there and the the look on my face is is jovial I'm, i'm excited i'm like a little kid in a candy store Folks, every- you haven't seen anything until you've seen a jovial Josh. Yeah, jovial Josh. It's in my nature. It makes life worth living to know that there's this much happiness to be had. But yeah. the fact that a kid called me out on it and said, it's like Mr. P on Fridays. I was like, oh, you noticed. Like, And that's <laughs> the thing. It's one of those things where you go down there and you're like, ooh, what is behind this door? And you open it up and there it is. You don't know what's going to be there, but you know it's food. It, it makes the week. It makes you get through the week. Yeah. It destroys a case of the Mondays. Hmm. Tim, anybody at your work ever tell you you have a case of the Mondays? <laughs> they wouldn't dare. <laughs> I am the boss. <laughs> I reckon you'd get your ass kicked for saying something like that. They sure would. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna say something. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know, I work with uh, intellectually dis- disabled uh, individuals. Um, and... 
this is a similar, this actually pertains to this. So every Wednesday, we have a, a pizza night with our, our guys that we take care of. And Not to interrupt, but what would the moon from Little Caesar say of this? <laughs> You'd be very excited. What would it say, Josh? I have no pizza idea. Pizza time. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> okay, I see what you're going for. And that is exactly what one of my guys thinks. It's pizza time. And he talks whoa, about... Whoa, whoa. Are you talking about Bobby Parada circa 2007? No, 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 that, no, no. That hit song, Pizza Time, was a 2013 retirement track. Uh, we'll, no kidding. Yes. I didn't know that. We'll, we'll release it. Uh, we can release in succession with the with the cast. Yeah, we should. Um, <laughs> I have something special for that. <laughs> we might get too many fans at that point. Um, Stay tuned, folks. But anyways, so one of my guys, he gets very excited for pizza night. When Wednesday night pizza night is over, Thursday morning, he's talking about pizza night the next week. So I understand nice, looking forward yes. to the... Uh, the yes. The, the allure of the, well, the different days of food. So I get it. Think about even when we were in elementary school. Like, did you not love Pizza Fridays? I loved Pizza Friday. I mean, it was the worst slice of pizza you'd ever get. But it was Pizza it was Fridays. Elios. It was Elio's in a sheet. It was Elio's cut into a... Elio's rated fairly. Don't you defend Elio's. Elio's is the worst frozen pizza that has so ever bad. been just ever. I, you know what? I'd I'd bet my nut though <laughs> that um <laughs> that Elio's is is it, it's a little less good than the the one that we had in elementary school. I think there was more cheese on there. I I don't know. The Call one we crazy. had in elementary school was better than an Elio's, and it was the same style, but same different. style, yep, it's same kind of cheese format. But now the pizza they do is pretty good. I actually buy it every now and then at school. It's 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 come a long way since the nineties, but uh. Anyways, but no, that's that's great. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the Bob's from the maker of Bob's Bogey, the 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 Pretzel Day Special, Bob's Burgers. No, no, no. <laughs> what did you would you have this again, Josh? I call it Bob's Beauty. This was oh, great. Oh, this is a Bob's Beauty. I would. This uh, is a Bob's Beauty. <laughs> the first dish I would you eat gave this me. Again. The first dish you gave me, not so good with the M and M's. I, I wish they weren't there. Them off. I should have. No, no, no. You Actually. can't pick them off. You got to eat it as I think is. they bounced it. I think you were right, Josh. I weirdly liked it. And it... I, it reminds... Okay. Would you think, say, that Tim maybe didn't even give it enough chance? I, I gave I, it a lot of chance, I think Tim Josh. has enough of a chance to try it one more time. I think you do. That's a lot of pretzel left over. <sighs> Here's the problem. It, it reminds me too much of that scene in Elf where he like puts all the You're telling the candy. me you wouldn't just try that? Yeah, I would try makes. it. No, and I did try it. No, this. that elf scene is uncalled for. This is not uncalled for. That's plain spaghetti and maple right, syrup. I'll take one more bite. All right. Eat. Hold on, Tim. Hold on. Oh, this Hold is, is going to go for the Instagram. You wait a moment see, here. There's an M&M on top there, put a, Josh. Put a, multi, put a light colored one on top Tim, so we can see. Tim, look at the camera. Just Hold say hi. Oh, Hold there on. you go. Get that green As you're eating it, look at me. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> you're making me uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. Eat it. Get it. Anyway. It's still I, just as weird as the first time I had it. First bite. I'm, I'm just saying it's unique. You're not going to go out yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. No one's going to put M&M's on no, a... No, no, no. No self-respecting restaurant is going to put M&M's on their chili pretzel with weenies. Bob's Diner would. Bob's Backyard Diner. <laughs> and until, Someone who makes a Bob's bogey would. <laughs> until Zoe's Pub starts serving food, 
we're going to have to deal with this. And I'm just saying. <laughs> this is one of our delightful. gourmet dishes. <laughs> and I would order it. This will run you five bucks at Zoe's Pub. I, I, I wouldn't buy it. How much is a plain pretzel? I would buy that. I uh, got four ninety nine for a plain pretzel. How much for the Bob's Butte? Five. <laughs> can Deal. we can we just not ignore the fact that Bob has started wearing his hat like a backpack at this point? <laughs> well, it has a string on it. <laughs> I know it does, but not often used. <laughs> oh, all right, I'll fix it for you. Well, Much let's better. let's. We got a very big and very competitive segment coming up for the last one. Uncle John, any progress on the truck? Why don't you shut the hell up? Let's get out and of here. If you're actually concerned about it, get over here and lend a hand. We gotta finish the cast, but we will see you next week, Uncle John. You son of lots of love for you, He's Uncle mad. John. <laughs> surprise, surprise, rating surprise. How would the doll from Saw? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tim. <laughs> right when I take a big sip of the forty-five, you bring this. How would the Saw doll ask you to watch an episode, his favorite episode of The Office? Inside this episode, there's a clue. <laughs> this is my favorite cold open. <laughs> In- inside this jello block is your stapler. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> oh, and- I don't think I could top that. Josh, well, try. Um... <laughs> I have a game. Would you rather be... Oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> okay, that well, was that's bad. That's all right. Use, use your brain no. power. Cause you got another one? No, no, no. I'll all get right. back to it. Well, the reason I bring up the Saw Doll is because we are going to play a little game. And it's going to be for a prize. I got a prize for you guys. A very special prize. Tim just finished his Colt 45, folks. Give him a... Ru- yeah. I mean, he got Bravo. us on that. That was impressive. Thank that you. That was very you know, nice. Very nice. I'd Good. like to thank uh, my job for giving me stress. I'll play <laughs> and, poor uh, Richards. The poor Richards. The, yeah, poor Richards. I like to thank poor Richard. Oh, Josh is going for it. Oh, Josh. He can't. Josh, he mustn't. He, he wants to be on a level playing. He did it. The- oh, wow. Well, as the host, I will say. Would you like I to play say. a game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's in. He's I'm in. I'm scared. <laughs> okay. So here's how it's going to work, guys. Um, we've talked a lot about the the heavy hitters and the big players in the movie. Or, <laughs> oof. The Colts are getting me. Mm-hmm. And the show, The Office. But the Colts about, are getting you. But what about, <laughs> but, but what about some of the less-known characters that make the show so special? Oh, so here's shit. what we're going to do. This game is a really quick one. Uh, well, maybe not so quick. We'll see. But the winner is going to get a prize. I'm judge, jury, and executioner. I'd you are each you gonna, be judge, Judy. You are each going to... You settle down. I can disqualify you. You're each going to pick a card... Did I win? You're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get a an un, a, a less known character, and you're gonna try to Stop. argue to me. Okay. You're, you're gonna try to. I'm gonna shuffle them anyway. You're gonna try to argue to me why this person would be better to go on a sales call with than your opponent's character. So Josh, here's your first character, and Tim, here's your. It's first It's like character. Super Fight. Josh, who do you? It's very similar to Super Fight. I love Super Fight. Josh, who is your character? It's Matt, the warehouse guy. <laughs> yes, the Excellent. gay warehouse guy that Oscar was very into. He's very into him. Uh, Tim, very you sexy. oblivious. I've got Vikram. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. Oh. Well, Josh, you, you, you have a chance, so I'm going to give you each a quick uh, few seconds to explain to me. I'll, I'll do about 
uh, informally. This is a rough first battle. I'm oh, sorry. Come on. It was never meant to be this stacked. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, why don't you go first and give Josh a little minute to try to come up with an argument here? Why, right. why would I want to go on a sales call with Vikram? Vikram, Michael says he's the best salesman he's ever met. And if you think Michael is the best salesman at Dunder Mifflin, the and yeah, I know what you're going to say. He's an idiot, whatever. But you see his actual sales calls that Michael makes. He is very, very good at them. Okay, he's in his element there. He's in his element. Like, honestly, Michael, better salesperson than manager. Fight me on it. Anyway, but he puts his bread in Vikram. And I don't know if that's a term, but... <laughs> it is not. I think those were pancakes. That you're he, like, no. he puts the pancakes in Vic. Oh, I don't like that. Anyways, he puts his stock in Vikram to start his Michael Scott company with. Of all people in the whole show, he recruits Vikram. Given Vikram doesn't know what's going on. And then... Vikram tells him some advice at the very end of this episode where he says, Michael, if you apply yourself, and then Michael rolls up the window. Vikram was about to give him some really good advice because Vikram okay. is a great salesman. All that right. is my argument for Vikram. So, Josh, Vikram sounds like a guy that I'd want to go on a sales call with. Is there any reason <laughs> that Matt from the warehouse would be a better person to go on a sales call with? According to Google. <laughs> oh, bull... Bull crap. Oh, hang on. Use the computer. The deck was stacked. This is okay. <laughs> According to Google, you need to be an independent and self-motivated person to succeed while working in a warehouse. It means learning different skills uh, and it meeting measurable goals. And uh, it's uh, you know natural to be presented with opportunities uh, that might require physical um, labor. But here's the point with Matt. Sure. Matt is not a smart man. Mm -hmm. Matt is not necessarily a straight man. However, Josh, what that's not Matt a negative is, these days. Is a an independent and self-motivated man. He knows how to work. He knows the products. He knows uh the, the little different specificities wow. of the He can warehouse. barely speak. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no Matt can. He can speak. Can he? And, and and the point that I'm making is if you were to call up somebody from the warehouse, because it's not necessarily he himself is going on a cold call to get a, uh, a new client. He is joining someone else as a salesperson. So who better than the person who's packing the boxes to say, hmm, this is what I know about this product. Now you're combining two different aspects, the technical and the physical. And I think... That Matt, when working in tandem with another of qualified sales personnel, would have a lot to give in terms of the uh, the, the the tech. The, well, here's here's the thing, right? He knows how long the shipping <laughs> is going to take. He knows the weight. He knows generally, which speaking, is very important for selling. Well, you're telling me, well, wait. So, so you're you're a business, right? How long is it going to take? How long does the shipping usually take? I just, he doesn't know. You he puts it on a truck. Matt knows when. You got I'm done. Oh. All right, turn your cards. Turn your cards. I'm gonna judge the winner. I'm give. I gotta give that one to Josh. That's garbage. Oh, listen, 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 I, I gotta That's be honest. absolute I gotta, garbage. I gotta be honest with you. I think you took it for a granted, Vikram. 
He had a person I would never vote for because of his insignificance in the show, and he made that argument. This is what you're up against. I hate it. There's plenty to go, Tim. There's plenty to go. That's So I I think just for the sake of keeping it interesting, the next one I'm not going to judge on who I'd want to take on a sales call. The next one I'm going to judge on who would I want to share a desk with. Ooh. Tim, here's yours. Josh, here's yours. Josh, who do you have? I have the chair model lady. <laughs> Tim, who do you have there? Ben Franklin. Oh, all right. So, so Josh, why don't you go first this time since Tim went first last time? Why would I want to share a desk or a desk space with the chair model lady? Bob, you ever open up a catalog? <laughs> and you're, you're, you're browsing through it and you say, wow, that's an attractive person. They must have gotten to the point in their life where they were so attractive that a catalog said, hey, you can sell our product. Well, Michael Scott, a great businessman, has said many times, or at least shown us many times, that he's susceptible to such temptations. Now, I'm going to ask yourself, the chair model lady, rest in peace. Uh, When she was alive... A nice respect. She would have been... (laughs) A wonderful person to model the chair across the desk from you, right? You're sharing the space. You're loving it, right? You're working hard because maybe you have a family at home to support, right? But here's the thing. When you look across the way and you see this model, not only lifting up the chair, but also increasing the the That's curb not appeal. Where I thought you were going with it. The, not only the curb up appeal. The chair, but lifting up her skirt. <laughs> right. Easy. No, easy. No, no, no. no. <laughs> the workplace environment. The point is, don't you want someone who is is good to look at? Right. Is going to help make your workplace feel a little bit more your own. Right. It, it's nice. But I challenge you what to think the about. Hell is he going no, no, no. I challenge about? you to think about looking across the desk and seeing one of our founding fathers. Um, he's attacking. <laughs> he's going for an attack. I'm just saying, would you rather take a look at some eye candy or a man who's so preoccupied trying to figure out electricity? <laughs> right, all I right, Tim, let him have it. He had a good argument. First of all, I've never seen a chair model lift up a chair. Josh. <laughs> Come In on. essence. Okay. In essence, lift. No, she's sitting on the chair to model the chair. She's a. Model. You don't know what she's been asked. I know exactly. She's a chair model. So she you, has to model all. You forms think of the that chair. in a catalog, there's models just holding a chair above their head? I, how many chair models have you seen? Enough <laughs> to know. <laughs> Anyways, so Bob, you're a married man. Would you rather have someone across the way? That's that's a little too attractive that the your temptress. wife would get jealous of. Or would you rather have a Ben Franklin who <laughs> the actor who plays Ben Franklin is witty as hell? Because I would rather have someone that matches my intellect that could play Ben Franklin and still be witty enough to keep me entertained throughout my day. That is what I would rather have in a desk mate. Bob, before you say anything, let me challenge you. Oh, oh, so he gets a rebuttal. 
I'll give him five, a 10 second rebuttal, then I'll give you a 10 second rebuttal. <laughs> In order to play Ben Franklin, you have to be a historian. Of all of our friends who are historians, Travis fits the bill. Imagine that you had to fit, you had to sit next to Travis. Pretending to be Ben Franklin, which is a job that he technically can do because he is certified to do so, <laughs> mm-hmm. as opposed to a chair model. Tim, your rebuttal, 10 seconds. My rebuttal is that Travis is hilarious, and I would love to have him as a desk mate. I'm going to be a pasture cards in. <laughs> Josh, you only helped Tim's point. <laughs> I, I gotta be honest. I, I gotta have entertainment at work, and Ben Franklin, particularly that Ben Franklin's gonna do it. And you sprinkle in sh- uh, shades of vis, and it only makes it better. All right. I love uh, you, vis. So it's one to one. Um the, the next one is going to be, um, who would I most likely want to attend one of David Wallace's parties with? Ooh. Ooh. You bring in the potato salad. <laughs> Tim, who do you got there? <laughs> the actor who played Sweeney Todd. Oh, <laughs> Josh, who do you have? Michael Klump. <laughs> oh, oh, now this is a showdown. Tim, it's your turn. It's your turn to go first again. So, <laughs> all right, this is a little stacked. This is not stacked. This this might be the fairest, most even poll we've had yet. So. The actor who played Sweeney Todd. Okay. So, this is who you would rather bring to a... Uh, who, who would I rather... Convince me. Who would I rather bring to David Walsh's party? The actor who played Sweeney Todd or Michael Klump? <laughs> okay. I'm going to go at this. Okay, listen. The actor who played Sweeney Todd ha- is... An accomplished actor. <laughs> That's at least what he thinks, you know. And and honestly, everyone else thinks as well. So you're taking this man to a party, okay? This man has stories about, you know, what plays he's done, what he what what he's done in his life. You want someone with you that has stories because you can't be the only form of entertainment when you're seeing people that you know. Okay. I'm assuming that this is someone that probably doesn't quite fit in with the group as far as, like, you're bringing them to your work Yeah, it's party, a guest. You know? So, like, I would think that the actor who played Sweeney Todd is one of the most interesting people to bring because not only is, is, is he in the acting business, which is insane in general, but... He's also a little pretentious. So I'm glad you mentioned that. He really is. <laughs> so when Michael <laughs> boos him, he's the only one that boos him, making him an, a good actor, by the way, because Michael is the only one that boos him. The bad actor was Andy in the in, in the episode, for the record. Very bad. But Very bad. he's a good actor. So like he's gonna have some some conversation points to bring up to anyone. That you encounter at this party. That's I, I think I'm gonna end it there. So it's gonna be an interesting friend to bring. He's gonna indulge in conversation with me, maybe even tell a little story that I, I'm interested in. Let me make one more point. So if I'm having a party and and it's someone who's out of the group, you know, like the, my normal yeah, group yeah. of people, I want to find someone who can really like change these people's minds okay i want someone so happy you said that good i i want someone 
<laughs> that can actually come from a different point of view from my friend group because sure. but also do it witty uh, one of my favorite things a witty friend okay um and and do it in a way that you know they're just an interesting person to talk to because i want that person to kind of make conversation for me okay all right, well, nice, well, well said. All right, Josh, you got your your chance now. Uh, tell me why Michael Klump is a better choice <laughs> to bring to a party than the actor who played Sweeney Todd. When it comes to parties, to to quote a great man, you want somebody uh, to to almost challenge you, right? Is, is that what you said, Tim? What were your it's words? Not what I said. Well, well, <laughs> well, entertain in a, in a way, but also to elevate the conversation from the friend group in a way that uh, is entertaining, right? And what what's better than uh, just your normal jabroni friend than bringing Michael Klump, a man who has a designated catchphrase? Yes, he is a man in a fat suit. And for the record, several people might recognize that he is a normal person in a fat suit. Uh-huh. But he comes with a message. He comes with a catchphrase. He knows what he's there to do. He's there to warn you against the uh, the risk of obesity. But at a party, at a party, however, and and, and here's the thing, right? When you go to a party, some people, (laughs) can we just turn the cards now? No, 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 no. I want to hear what he goes. When you go to a party, some of the things that you remember the most are the catchphrases (laughs) that these people drop. I would challenge you to say, maybe not a party, but evenings out. We've been part of wonderful things where. There are certain people that stand that out from fat the suits no, no, to no, go no, to no, our no, parties. The fat yeah. suits. Um, <laughs> certain people stand out amongst the crowd, much like a Powerline concert in the Goofy movie, uh, where they are larger than life. I would challenge you to remember Hunter from one of Bob's shows. He didn't need to be more than a nuisance for us to constantly bring him up years later. Michael Klump is one of those people who will challenge you by going over and say, I, I say, I say, I say, I'll sit on you. And you'll remember that for the rest of your life. You'll remember his message that he's trying to don. And not Which is, no- I sit, I sit, <laughs> no, I no, sit on you. The message is against obesity <laughs> unless he's amongst oh. others where, in a weird way, I believe there's an episode where he's like glorifying obesity in a way. <laughs> they are beautiful. <laughs> the, the point that I'm trying to say is, Michael Klump knows who he is. He's a fat man. He might not want other people to be fat, but he glorifies those who are. He's the perfect person to bring to a party because whether you are fat or you're skinny, he's got a message for you, and it's one that you'll remember. Michael Klump. All right, pass let me your let me do no one thing. On let me one. do one rebuttal. This is a one and done. I'm a little angry. I you shouldn't be you won, Josh. <laughs> a noble attempt, but I do not want someone there to cause mayhem and offend people. I just think, fair enough. I think that the actor of Sweeney Todd would provide a lot of enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, a great argument, but this one was uh, was good. Just, Not even just mad. A, just imagine <laughs> someone coming to your party in a fat suit in general. That'd be insane. It's a tough It'd sell. be a little nuts. All right, the next one is who would you rather have lunch with in the break room for your half-hour lunch? Oh, man. <laughs> I think 
Josh, you're up first this time. Josh, who did you get? Uh, this isn't a good one. It's the it's the pizza by Alfredo <laughs> delivery guy. <laughs> Tim, who did you get? I got Robert California's son. So we're pretty even right now. <laughs> this is this is quite a matchup. A real clash of the titans. <laughs> I I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I don't want to have lunch with either of these. So you you better convince me, Josh. You got first uh, dibs on this one. My my best uh, argument here would be <laughs> if I was sitting in the break room, pretentious as hell. Well, well, no, 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 not not even pretentious. Oh, sorry. Just like, just really being, pretentious. <laughs> just being supremely pretentious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sitting in the break room trying to enjoy my lunch, and here's a a, a teenager who is being held captive by my boss because he does not want to pay. Who will then become one of the main characters in Glee? <laughs> yes, you get your chance. I I think if I'm trying to have lunch, there's something to be said about like commiserating with somebody and saying, yeah, sharing your woes. Because all this guy has to talk to me about the only thing that we have in common is that we're kind of here right now, and, and you also both look like a teenager. Well, I I'm always going to look like a teenager, but like here is this authority figure. He's my boss. This is your captor. Um, and in a way, we no, can almost Robert California is the boss. <laughs> well, the regional no, man during Scott. Uh, so well, we don't know. So my my point is this: like I we don't know the time period. This was never given to us. Meath, it's con- it's contrary to an episode. Continue. My point <laughs> is this: <laughs> I think sometimes if I'm trying to enjoy my lunch and I'm trying to make small talk, there is this uh, this camaraderie that we can have by bashing the boss. Talking about things that we we dislike. I might share with him my own woes with my boss. And he might share his situation. And we might find a middle ground to the point where I can enjoy the next 30 minutes with this character. I might not enjoy it past 30 minutes. But I can also talk about like, hey, can you imagine? I want to tell you this one time where he did this. To provide that context to the point where we're both sharing stories about like what's happening right now. I'm so confused. Well, no, no, no. Like, have you ever been on like a lunch or in a situation where something like terrible is happening? But the reason there, why you're connected. There's a little bit of, of merit in the ability to decompress together. Right. You're decompressing in a way a that's like. A common enemy. Precisely. You're both looking to the same person saying. How terrible of a situation is this? You're talking about his relationship to Michael Scott at yes. this point? Okay. Um, and if I was a co-worker in the office, I might have a few stories to share to kind of provide that depth to affirm him in what's happening. All right. It's a good argument. Tim, why would I want to have some with... Uh, oh, wow. Why do I want to have lunch with Robert California's son? <laughs> First of all... Why do I want to have Sunny Delight with Robert California's son? That's good. Good drink. All I have to say, the pizza guy, uh, to to bring in Josh. Pizza by Alfredo. Pizza by Alfredo guy. Uh, His main adversary was not Michael Scott. It was Dwight Schrute, the assistant to the manager. So you're gonna you're gonna tell me that these these people are gonna side with this guy who's, you know, the schmuck of the office. Let's be honest. Siding with. Mm, well, that's what you said. The boss well, of the op, which they're to they're, him, they're against the boss. Dwight shut the door and locked it on him. He was he was the one that said, "I'm not going to let you leave." So it wasn't Michael Scott. But anyway, Robert California's son smoked me. 
I don't know much about Robert California's son, I'm going to be honest. But all I know is that Robert California might be the most interesting man in the world because he can come into a job interview and just get the job when, as not our favorite character, but Jim says, you know, like, I'm scared of him. He's scared of Robert California. So you are interested in meeting this guy's son and how he was brought up by this specific man, okay? Like, honestly, my argument doesn't have to do anything with Robert California's son. It has to do with Robert California. And albeit an overrated character, Robert California, but his backstory might be the most mysterious backstory in the series. Like, Robert California... Like, he he pins employees against each other and just sees what happens. He invites all the employees over his house afterwards. It's, it's just... He's playing games. Robert California is an interesting man. That's all I have to say about it. His son must be, like full of stories about this man and i want to hear him may i have a rebuttal we'll do a 10 second rebuttal on what me. the heck i didn't get one a- every other though <laughs> every other is it not degrading to assume that the only thing that this boy would care about is his father's image he is a person himself when relating oh, 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 oh. to when relating listen when relating to their boss he is the most interesting person to get to, for the record. And <laughs> cue, cue the thing from Billy Madison where he says, nowhere in your incoherent <laughs> rambling did you say anything that resembled a shred of evidence. This one's going to pizza by Alfredo. Me th- I, yeah, you fought our battle, but you said nothing about the sun when he dressed up like the... When he came in and talked to Dwight, when Dwight was dressed like the creature from StarCraft or whatever. But it still has nothing to do with the show. Well, no, he's in it. He's in a very, he's an important episode. Is he, though? <laughs> I mean, it is an episode. <laughs> All right. We only got a couple more rounds, and I think it's tied right now. So you tell me this. <clears throat> Who am I going to want to bring to Casino Night and why? Tim, this is your turn to bat first. Who do you got for me at Casino Night? Broccoli Rob. Uh, and Josh, who do you have at Casino Night? The Stripper. <laughs> Elizabeth the Stripper. All right, Tim, you're first this time. You're on first. Broccoli Rob, why is he coming to uh, the, the to uh, Casino Night with me? All right. So, obviously, there's a history between Broccoli Rob and Andy. Okay, so Andy always has had <laughs> resentment towards Broccoli Rob. Stephen Colbert. He's convinced <laughs> champ. He's convinced all his friends that some uh some egregious stuff has happened with Andy. Broccoli Rob has convinced them of this. Much like in a poker match when you bluff, you bluff and I don't think those stuff the those stuff those things are true. Cuz Andy is very upset about it. He's not just upset. He he immediately says, "Well, that was broccoli, Rob." <laughs> he, he's very yeah. He 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 suspects broccoli. He suspects him, and you know what? 
the best poker player is someone you specifically suspect. All I'm saying, Broccoli Rob would play a mean poker hand because he's a bit of a bluffer. He did convince all of Here Comes Treble that he was the boner champ. Yeah, that was Broccoli Rob. And it actually was Andy. And it was. <laughs> wow. Okay, so Josh, why do I want to go to Casino Night with the, Elizabeth the Stripper? In most depictions of a casino night, you know, you spin need, the wheel, baby. Well, that's exactly it. You need spin to, this wheel. Anybody got a ranch? Uncle John, how did you get here? He's still working. You on got it. your ranch. You get out of here. <laughs> My point is this: you, you're throwing the dice at a craps table or whatever you might be doing. You need somebody on your arm, maybe to blow on the dice for good luck. This is she a, doesn't blow on the dice, Josh. Well, and that's the thing. Maybe later on that happens, but but the, again, we already had the explicit tag. Point Yuck. being, the point being, uh, most depictions you need Lady Luck on your side. Uh, the stripper provides that, right? She's there for a hired purpose. She's going to be there to be your arm candy, for lack of a better term, especially Elizabeth the stripper. If we're talking about this character specifically, think about what she's done. Yes, she is a stripper, but is she just a stripper? Well, no, she shows up when you need someone to play a nurse to accept a check, right? She's the type of person that is willing to play the role when the role is presented. Okay. So even if I don't need her to be stripping at the time, which I'm sure the high rollers would love, the point is, if I'm bringing her to casino night, she has a very specific role. She is going to be my lucky charm, if you will. Catherine, Not listen. Catherine, Not listen. Point is, <laughs> she can be there to to uh, blow on the dice or spin the wheel or whatever it might be. And if I'm a specific office worker who's going to an office-related casino night, maybe I'm just looking for a little clout. Maybe I'm going to show up there and people don't know that she's not my girlfriend, but I hired her to be here. But man, is she attractive. And now it adds this element to me as this middle grade office worker that, yeah, she's with me. And granted, she might have cost me my entire winnings for the entire night, but I look good to the rest of my coworkers. I get a We're rebuttal. We're going around two on this one because honestly, oh. I can't pick. <laughs> um, each got one minute each. I, I can't decide yet. Make it good. Back to Tim. Why do I want Broccoli Rob over the stripper? First of all, all your office people have seen this stripper at multiple events at this point. Allegedly. She, and they all know she's dumb as hell. She accepts the check and thinks it's for her. <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I mean, you, you can't just have arm candy, Josh. You have to have a little bit of skill. In, in, in a, a poker night. You know, you, you got to have a little bit of skill. And just because you have a, a girl there that everyone has seen multiple times, I will say that again. I don't, I don't think you're winning that poker game. I'm not distracted by it. I'm not. Okay, fair. Josh, last rebuttal. You ever bring a friend to a party... <laughs> And, Never. And well, Michael Klump. That's what I brought. Josh, wrong question. No, 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 no. The friend to the party who has a personality that's a bit uh, louder than yours, right? Yes. But person. 
Hang on. That was at a party. There's a butt purse. (laughs) Anyway, the point is, sometimes that friend, because of their dynamic personality, takes away from the fun of the event, right? If I'm going there for a poker night, I'm looking for to hang out with my friends, right? Maybe I'm trying to impress my friends, but what I'm so not, you buy a stripper. But but what I'm not <laughs> what I'm not trying to do is bring my my ridiculous college buddy who's way over the top that I'm going to be competing with the entire night to try and take away from what this event ends. So up you're being. threatened by broccoli, Rob. Well, wouldn't you be? All right, Bassman, <laughs> Bassman, that was the best one yet. I um, <laughs> that was awesome. That was pretty good. Uh, I I actually teetered three times on that. I I thought I was gonna go with Tim right away. Josh, you swayed me with the playing a lot of roles. But at the end of the day, yes, I want to win money. People know they've seen through this. They've met Elizabeth before. <laughs> That's fair. This is actually this is going to broccoli, Rob. But that was a hell of a showdown. Tim, I got to hand it to you. The second you said that, I was like, fuck. Well, well, listen, <laughs> I'm done. You, you had a great comeback for the hand you were dealt. <laughs> it, it was a tough hand. I, I admit that was stacked on me. Ah, broccoli Who Rob. would you like to have the next duo? What are we at now? Two and three? All right. There's still a chance to come back here, Josh. Can Who we would... split the prize if we both win it? <laughs> sure you can. Uh, but you won't. There, it's going to be a clear winner. Um, okay. Um, Gosh, I hope it's a forty. Will if I, it's I, a forty, I can go for another forty myself. No, no, <laughs> nope. Anyways, who would I want to spend a night at Shroot Farms in the same room with? And I believe uh, Josh goes first this time. So, Josh, who do you have there? I have Carol Stills. I believe this is the uh, the real the realtor. Agent. Sure, yeah, the real. Chad Flenderman, the uh, main character of Toby Flenderson's mystery novels. Oh, okay. All right. Shit. So, Josh, <laughs> you are up first. Why do I want to sp- spend a night with Carol Stills at the uh, at the Shroot Farms? Carol Stills as a real estate agent, has been to many different homes. She's seen the best, she's seen the worst, and to, to be frank, when you're going to a bed and breakfast, you're going to a rustic home. And if you're going with her, you know that she is going to provide a level of depth to the experience that you might actually appreciate. In fact... <laughs> To the point where he's all on this. To, to the point where Carol might actually provide more information and more context to, to what you're doing at historic Shroot Farms uh, and, and all of their um, the, the aspects of which they offer. And beyond that, Carol's a wonderful person. She's the type of person that's willing to. Go down the rabbit hole of the wild idea to uh, to just have a have a good time, right? She's the type of person that shows up to a Diwali uh, experience in a cheerleader's outfit. Don't invite any zombies. No, no Not zombies. Not her fault. <laughs> and despite showing up in the wrong attire, she still manages to have a good time. So, for the for lack of a better term, she's going to go to Troop Farms, appreciate the architecture, the the, the ambiance of the situation. But even if it's not ideal, she's going to make the best of a bad situation 
and you're going to appreciate that you're there with her and have a good time. Carol Stills, perfect person to go to Shroot Farms with. Nice argument. All right, Tim, uh, why do I want to go with Toby's uh, uh, Chad Flenderman, the the, um, the solver of crimes, the, the, uh, the detective? <laughs> so at this point, we're assuming that Chad Flenderson... Flenderman. Flenderman is an actual human being. Yeah, we're gonna he's real. Okay. So yes, you can you can uh you can take Carol, who's a uh, a bit of a ditz. Um, you know, Ouch. she she can't <laughs> Wow. Ow. I, I mean being with ditz? being with Michael Scott for as long as she was was a bit much. She set up clear boundaries with him when he was shenaniganizing. Right. So she'll set up clear <laughs> boundaries with you as well. Um, so Chad. <laughs> as a married man, it's not a bad thing. Chad Flenderman is the world's most interesting man because. You're thinking of the Dos Equis guy. Nah, also, yes. But Toby, writing a book, think about this, about Chad Flenderman. He would make him the world's most interesting man because Toby leads a boring life, okay? Toby is a writer, and I know you like writers, Josh. Writers need to make a story that transcends them. Think about it. (laughs) That was one of the longest pauses we've ever had on this cast. (laughs) So, Chad Flenderman. If you're reading a book about Chad Flenderman, you're going to be involved. He's going to get into some crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, think of Michael Scarn. I'm going to make an uh, analogy here, if you will. Okay. So Michael Scarn, which is, of course, Michael Scott's birth child. Is that a word? Birth child? I mean, no, yeah. but uh, it's, it is. Uh, it's his brainchild. Brainchild. Thank yes. you. Yes. <laughs> I've had a lot of Colt 45. Oh, no. No one's one's criticized. We (laughs) all have. So Chad Flenderman is basically Michael Skarn to Toby because Toby is living out the life of Chad Flenderman. And you think that Toby wouldn't get into a nice night out with a beautiful lady at Shroot Farms in this book? that he makes about one of the most interesting men that he can concoct in his mind? Absolutely not. Chad Flenderman is obviously the tech bear. I'd like to say that she's a mother of two. (laughs) I had some trepidation about this because I thought spending a night in a room, Josh was going to go down the chair model route again. (laughs) He did bring up some really good points that Carol is going to offer some great history and that she is able and to... And she bow- probably will insist on sleeping in a different room. Uh, probably, which is fair when you're married. Chad Flenderman would not she, have this she happen. Also, she also can bounce back from wearing a ridiculous outfit to a uh, Diwali. Now, Chad Flenderman, you brought up some great points, Tim, but just because he's an alter ego for a boring man... That's not getting me to want to spend a weekend with him. This one's going to Carol. Well, he's he's a boring man, but she's a mother. This is what two. he lives his life out in in well, these books. This is so I think we're tied at three and three. This yeah. is the showdown for the prize. 
great. And this is a heavy hitter. Which of these characters would have would would best have a walk on role in Threat Level Midnight and why? <laughs> Tim, you you have you're going first on this one, but who did you get? Sensei Billy. Sensei Billy. Oh, Dwight's a karate teacher. Josh, who did you get here? I got Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. He's the host of the show Andy was on. Yes, yes, he was the host of the singing show that Andy was on, and he played himself, Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray. Yeah, he did. Yes, yeah. Uh, every more every morning. Wonderful. Tim, you got first. We're going to go two rounds on this because this is the final. So, like I said, so why does Sensei Billy need a part in Threat Level Midnight? Why? Why why shouldn't Mark McGrath be in it? Well, he should be, for the record. But an interesting... Never mind. Go ahead. (laughs) Sensei Billy. Okay, let's let's dissect this man. So he's he's the the owner of uh, Dwight's uh, Doja, I believe it's called. Correct? Yeah, the Doja. Yeah. So this man is a serious man. You know, like he he. Uh, well, Doja owners really do take themselves seriously. I've seen Cobra Kai. Um, <laughs> is he calling it a Doja? <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind, uh, continue. Dojo? Dojo, is that it? Yeah. Is it Dojo or Dojo? I believe masculine and feminine, Dojo. <laughs> ah, <Anyway>. Angelo. <laughs> Regardless. So this man has uh, instructed Dwight before, okay? So he's he's the type of man that knows that Dwight's an idiot, okay? And he still opens his Dojo. <laughs> For a <laughs> an amateur match between Dwight and Michael, okay, where they fight each other, whatever. But like the man is in for some fun, <laughs> regardless. Is my point. So, but he's also a master of karate, if you will. Um, what more perfect person to put in front of Michael Scarn than someone that's ability in in karate is unmatched at least by Dwight you know and and Dwight takes himself very seriously you know so this is this is everything that Dwight has learned is from this man Michael's thorn in his side I could call it is Dwight from the very beginning he doesn't like the threat of Dwight Dwight is not the assistant to to uh, assistant manager. He's assistant to the manager because Michael is so scared of him coming up and taking over. What better person than the master of Dwight to put in front of Michael Scarn to have a final battle before the big reveal of what's going on in this movie? Threat met. Threat level midnight. Then Dwight's <laughs> master, basically. Because Michael's not the master. This is the dojo master where Dwight learns all his stuff. 
this is the man that you put in front of Michael Skarn. Because Michael Skarn doesn't want to beat Dwight. He wants to beat everyone. All right, Josh, why does why should Mark McGrath get the role over Sensei Billy? Who wants to beat everyone off? I didn't, didn't say that. <laughs> That's what we heard. <laughs> I apologize. Mm-hmm. When it comes to a low-budget film, I think that you try to get <laughs> as many uh, highbrow names attached to it as you can. And I think Mark McGrath is the, the type of person that if you saw on IMDb that was playing a role, you'd be like, oh, no kidding, huh? He's in it? I wonder what he would be doing. And that's the fun of a Michael Scott-produced film. You see, you look at it and you say, oh, well, what could he do? He could provide vocals. He could be the Ooh. one singing, uh, you know, um, what's the song that he... I just want to fly. Well, and that would be great. He could do that. He could be... um. The the something on the morning on ice every morning. Well, no, I'm just. But well, he could do any number of these uh, Sugar Ray songs, musical numbers. Yes. But imagine a soundtrack by. Imagine a all the people. Exactly. No. And, <laughs> no. And in a gaudy movie like Threat Level Midnight, you're telling me that in the epic climactic showdown with Golden Face, he wouldn't turn to Mark McGrath to be singing in the background an original song that would be uh, helping... All things that I used to say, <laughs> all words got in the way. I just think a person like Michael Gary Scott would look at this Mark McGrath and say, wow, okay, this is great. Because imagine, Michael Scott just turned to the people who was in his life at certain periods as he was recording. If there was this period of his life where Mark McGrath was part of it, he would absolutely use him. And now, as a casual viewer, sure, this is a wildly entertaining flick. But then you're like, how did Michael get Mark McGrath in this movie? That's unbelievable. That makes Threat Level Midnight an amazing must-watch movie. Even higher than it is on IMDb right now. Okay, rebuttal and then rebuttal, and then that's it for the prize. All right. So singing is great. Don't get me wrong. But Movies need it, Tim. It's true, and it's true. Sensei's not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to sing, that's for sure. But this isn't the point of this movie. Michael is a comedian at heart, right? Oh. Is Michael Scarn oh. a comedian? He's Scarnsy. No, Michael Scott is the one who made the movie. Michael Scott is a comedian at heart, right? Scarn, yeah. What better than Scott. to emulate one of the greatest comedy movies of all time, Dumb and Dumber? Sensei Billy wasn't in that. <laughs> I agree. You're not hearing my point yet. But there's a part in that movie where... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this. Where Jim Carrey daydreams, right? Yes. And he daydreams. And there's a karate master in the restaurant he's in, correct? Yes. Yes. I think you're this thinking Cherokee Jack. Tommy Boy. <laughs> True. But my point is Sensei Billy is the perfect part. For that specific scene, 
in the Michael Scarn movie. So, he beats this master of karate <laughs> in Dumb and Dumber, one of the greatest movies of all time. Agreed. And he rips out his heart. Right? <laughs> Sensei Billy, you put in that specific scene. He rips his heart out. It brings threat level midnight to another level. And it emulates which Michael Keeps Scott. The threat in it. Which Michael Scott emulates a lot of different comedy routines. That's fair. He always has, and he always will, including in Threat Level Midnight. It would have been perfect with a Sensei Billy scene where, you know, the uh, the cook comes out. He insults his girlfriend, Michael Scarn. He's not going to take that. He rips the heart out of Sensei Billy in the scene. That's the exact scene that would happen almost. Because he loves emulating. That's my point. All right, point. Josh, your last argument for Mr. Mark McGrath. I, to, to give Sensei Billy his due, he provides a role that is of a mentor. He is trying to guide Mike. No, that's Creed. Well, 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 Creed is the mentor. Well, no, no, no. Well, but, but you're trying to say that Sensei Billy no, What would, is it, Navajo Jack? Cherokee Jack. Cherokee which is Jack, exactly my point, and I thank you for that. You're if, welcome. Sensei Billy has to enter this movie as a mentor of sorts. But the problem is Cherokee Jack is already that mentor. The fact is Michael spends quite a bit of time, both Michael Scott, the producer, and Michael Scarn, the actor, uh, learning from Cherokee Jack on how to beat Golden Face. In fact, Michael Scarn knows exactly how to beat Golden Face because of the teachings of Cherokee Jack. Now I ask you, if you ask, if you add Sensei Billy into this movie, sure, Michael Scarn gains amazing kung fu, uh, karate abilities. But the problem, charisma, even the problem is, are you going to add two mentors into one movie? It's perfect the way that it is with Cherokee Jack leading Michael Scarn. If you add Sensei Billy to it, now you have these. Two different style mentors, and Michael Scarn has to apply all of this. My problem is, it's just too many people playing the same role. Too Mark, many cocks in the kitchen. Mark or Mag- cooks, sorry. Guys. Mark McGrath adds an entertainment value. He adds music. He adds a little bit. So does Sensei Billy. He adds a little bit (laughs) of comedy because it's like, oh wow, you have Mark McGrath playing this rando character, and now he's singing, right? There's an entertainment value that comes with Mark McGrath that the original does not have. However, if you add a character that's very similar to Cherokee Jack, you're just repeating what you have. In fact, it's like peaks and valleys. You're calling him a mentor. I called him an enemy. Well, but what I'm—he's sa- not a mentor. He's just someone that shows up that knows kung fu. <laughs> but but that's the thing. Michael Scarn is not about kung fu. He's about hockey. But he becomes kung fu. He doesn't need to become. That's kung Michael fu. Scott's he, great my, no, 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 advantage. No. Michael Scarn is a sports star. He Michael sits- Scarn is a star of everything, including and kung man, fu. And man. <laughs> excellent debate. Uh, th- this is for the prize, and I got to be honest. <clears throat> Tim, I like how much you fought for Sensei Billy. And Josh, I liked how much you took a different approach, bringing Mark McGrath as perhaps uh, 
He's in the film for music aspects. Now, Tim... Much I, like he chose Hero for Iglesias. Yes, Don't yes. You bring that up. <laughs> but you first told me you wanted Sensei Billy to go in there to stick it to the shrew. Shrew's just a butler in that film. And then you wanted him to no, do some No, this is real life combined with a movie is what I was saying. Okay. I think you both fought adamantly. I need some music and I need some star power. I got to go Marky. Hate it. I got to go Mark. So what is the final score? That would be four to three. Yeah, Josh wins amazingly. Can well, I listen, just... it was a great, great match. Can I show you the prize? Or do you have great match. Thoughts? Crap judgment. I, I would just like to read off my final <laughs> roster of Matt the Folks, Warehouse Guy. Folks, if I was guy. wrong, go ahead and tell me. Via the... oh, yes, what do you have for the winning roster? Here? Matt the Warehouse Guy, Pizza Bell, Fredo Delivery Guy, Carol Stills, and Mark McGrath. Tim, wow. who did you get your wins from? Broccoli Rob, the actor who played Sweeney Todd, and Ben Franklin. I thought, well, didn't you? All right. Well, anyway. He took my other one. Oh. And Sensei. God, I hope it's a 40. It's not a 40, folks, but here is the final prize with a little piece of office advice for you, Josh. Thanks for a hard-fought battle. Here you go. (laughs) 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 What do you got there, Josh? (laughs) <laughs> it is a uh, <laughs> is a uh, caricature of Kevin Malone as a pig. That's disgusting. <laughs> Eating pizza, saying "Don't be a caricature." A caricature. Do you remember this episode? I'm glad I didn't win this. No, I'm so happy I won this. But do you remember this episode? This was when Scott was giving away his his farewell <laughs> presents, and he gave this poster to Kevin, and then he ripped it up, and he said, "Don't be a caricature, Kevin." This is the ex- almost the exact replica of that poster. I am so honored. This is phenomenal. It's very nice. <laughs> I want to put this on my nightstand, but I know it's going to be better served in the studio. <laughs> well, Tim just said he hated it. It's disgusting. The picture. <laughs> Bob is it really Andron. is. It is Andron from the original. I, I looked at the original. I legitimately drew it. repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> what would the pig say? Hang it on the wall. And that's what we'll yeah, do. That might be what the pig would say. Well, in a world where you can be a caricature, folks, don't be a caricature. Because if you have original ideas, all you need to do is get a group of friends, get a set of good microphones, and get the Anchor.fm app. All you got to do is get the Anchor.fm <laughs> app, and it will distribute all your podcasts to every major streaming site. It's so easy that even you can't screw it up. The Anchor.fm app. Truly underrated. You know, it's actually kind of cool. I was uh, in the process of making our Instagram, which uh, hashtag check it out in a few weeks. It'll be hashtag uh, Insta. It'll be Instagram uh, up in live. But Anchor.fm, really cool metrics. I was going through some of the older episodes. And if you want to see how long somebody is uh, invested in your episode, it shows you. It shows you when or how long into the episode your listeners per average listen to. So if you start losing your listeners halfway through, you can adjust course. So the (laughs) metrics that Anchor offers alone, phenomenal. Download it. Truly underrated. Any last thoughts, guys? Yeah. uh, Very interesting thing here. Um, So Bob was so busy with hosting, he didn't notice something in this room. Do you know? 
Do you know what you didn't notice, Bob? No. No, he doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> no clue. He's got no idea, Tim. Why don't you tell him? Should we give him a hint? I think so. It's it's what one of us is wearing. <laughs> yeah, Josh's got a Shroot Farm shirt on. Oh, that's true. He's had that from the beginning. Incorrect. What's changed from the, what from the start of the changed, show to the Bob? end of the show? What's changed? It's not my shorts, I promise. What somebody's wearing? Yeah. I don't know. All right. I'll give you another hint. It's what someone's wearing on their face. You shaved? <laughs> so, so when Bob went down and prepared the Uncle John snack shack, Josh and I went and uh, made him a mustache. Look at that. Nice. <laughs> Yep, it is liberating. It, I, you did look a little more defined in the uh, in the, the accessories. Thank you, thank that you. That might have been one of, one of the battles, the mustache. Well, I didn't know it, but <laughs> but in your subconscious, you might have. Hmm. I did it Hard so that say. Tim could forgive me. <laughs> wow, well, it looks it good, Josh. The mustache looks good. much appreciated. It does look good. And uh, folks, thanks for listening. It's been a great episode of the Overrated. Underrated or rated fairly podcast. Throw on those old reruns of The Office, but never watch them with Joey. Actually, throw on some reruns of this show. You'll enjoy them. Yes, absolutely. Overrated, underrated, Bye. 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 Now.